This episode of It's Super Effective is brought to you by all our backers on Patreon. If you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective. If you are looking for the interview we did with Jay Witz, a.k.a. Josh, you can jump to the 38-minute mark of the episode. Otherwise, the first 38 minutes are us off-topic and then talking about a little bit of Pokemon news regarding Pokemon Go. Hopefully you enjoy the episode, and again, a big shout-out to Josh for taking the time with us and uh, podcasting away with us. It was much appreciated. Hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Thanks! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 210th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. I am your host, SBJ. And with me today, I have Will. And I'm full of energy. I was not just napping at all. (laughs) Uh, No Travis, but we do have a guest in the second half of the episode. I will spoil it now. Actually, you'll you'll see in the title. So we have VJ Wits on... Uh, Josh, who runs a, an extremely popular YouTube channel, 1.4 million subscribers, and does a lot of things with Twitch. Josh was also on the Pokemon 20th anniversary live stream, where you saw him throughout most of that stream. I think almost all of it. But we set episode set up a little differently because we actually already recorded the interview this morning, and now Will and I are here to give you the front and back of the episode, as they say in so what is the uh the youtube where this guy came from because i didn't want to ask him that because i was embarrassed that i've never heard of it is that like e baum's world what you've never heard of e baum's world i have but i'm not sure exactly what you're asking what's the youtube i don't know what the youtube is what is that thing oh i see you're making a joke of what youtube is okay (laughs) whoosh whoosh you young kids and you your youtubes and meepo i get it i get jokes all right so if you are a new listener and we get some from time to time and i don't know uh if this episode will be more popular just because josh is on it maybe i would assume so but if you are a new listener this is the pokemon podcast it's super effective i'm sbj Uh, my co-host here will is also with me normally we have somebody named travis on the show but I didn't want to bother him this Easter morning. I usually try to give Travis more of a heads up than normal, and I did not get a chance because we were still finalizing things with Josh on Friday night. But that being said, this is all debatable. Well, so if you are a new I listener, I also say Travis has a family that loves him as opposed to either of us. That's yeah, right. We have zero uh, close or loving families. Let me just lay out the format of the show. We spend the first ten to fifteen minutes of every episode purposefully not talking about Pokemon. Usually it's what we've done recently, just some little life bits here and there. And then we normally go right into Pokemon news. After that, we take a break and we do our segment of the episode, which is always different depending on what's going on in the Pokemon world. This segment obviously will be focused around Josh and his YouTube career and and his views when it comes to Pokemon and how he got going and everything like that. 
and then we take usually one more break. We usually, after the break, do some listener email, and we do our Pokemon of the Week. Since we already recorded the interview with Josh, uh, we know that that's really long. It was actually twice as long as we were planning, which is awesome, probably for you guys. Uh, but we will be cutting out the emails this episode just to keep it nice and tight. So we will be back next week to do emails. But like I said before, we spend the first 10 to 15 minutes not talking about Pokemon. So now that that's out of the way, Will, how was your weekend? Uh, I mean, it's been pretty good. Uh, so I had Friday off for the holiday because it's Easter weekend and Friday was Good Friday and I work for a Catholic organization. So they gave us Friday off. Um and yesterday, I went out to Annapolis uh, to see my BFF, Joe, and uh, play some games at Third Eye Games out there and got introduced to Dice Masters. Have you ever played Dice Masters before? No, I, st- I, I remember when it was it was extremely popular when it came out. It was all over the Reddits, as the kids call, the r slash really? board games. Yeah, it was very, very popular. I know it was sold out at the two game stores I went to, and it was... and. The eBay game was very high for specific cards and dice. Well, it is, you know, it it does approximate a, a, a trading card game, except that it involves dice <laughs> quite a bit. Um, so, you know, you have there's like theme card sets. I'm not going to call them decks, but theme card sets uh for like dc superheroes and villains and marvel superheroes and villains and dungeons and dragons i think those are the only ones that i'm aware of and each card that you have in the set also has uh dice that go along with it so the card kind of is just tells you how the game is played and then the dice is what you actually use to act like do attacks and stuff in the game and then each turn you get to roll a certain number of dice and place them and use them in different ways. And I mean, it was fun. It's just since this was my first time trying it, it was uh, like there were strategy things that I just don't have inherent yet because I haven't played it enough. But like in our second game, um, there's like a health counter that's very similar to magic. Um, so in our second game of me playing with Joe, I got him down to one health within like two turns, but then he still beat me because I could never get rid of that last health point of his. But still lots of fun, especially if you like comic book characters and stuff and you can pretend that you're actually playing as them. So I had a team that was like Captain America, Iron Man and Black Cat from Marvel Comics, which are all like comic book heroes that i like especially black hat you like captain Um, america who doesn't like captain america boring no okay so you have to understand like when i when i was hardcore reading comics which was the 80s um there was this period of time and it was also it was like captain america and iron man where i mean i don't want to say cap was boring But it was like questioning what was a hero, why they're heroes and stuff like that. And like with Iron Man, it was a time when he was tracking down people who had stolen his technology and were using it to either be super villains or superheroes. So it was just like a really uh, unique time in comics. I don't know. I don't think of like movie cap. I don't think of like what the kids these days think of Captain America. I think of of an older leading the Avengers, but still questioning uh oh actually also i think it was the time when he had left like he had disassociated with the government and things like that so 
It's all very good storylines. I don't know. Whatever. He had a <laughs> he had a good ability, low cost, high attack power. Um, and then paired up with Iron Man, Iron Man got a boost if you had a die out that was somebody else who was an Avenger. So if I could get Captain America and Iron Man out, then Iron Man got an attack boost. Right. Whatever. It's a fun game. It's fun. It's just it's it's another thing that costs money to collect the pieces, <laughs> although the, the boosters are only 99 cents. Right. It's one card, one dice, right? Uh, two cards, two dice. One common card and die, and then one good card and die. Um, except the Dungeons and Dragons starter set that I bought has some really, really powerful cards in it, and you get the full card sets for them. So got that good pull. Uh, well, they're not random, right? And you get the D and D set. Oh, you can and you can mix. Like you can mix the Dungeons and Dragons cards with all the other cards if you're doing just like you know competitive play. <laughs> All right. So you can have your gelatinous cube partnered along with Captain America and stuff like that. Finally. Do you even know what a gelatinous cube is? Not. Do you know what a beholder is? Have you found out what a beholder is yet? Because uh, I, I know certain people have asked you. Uh, I don't believe so, no. Well, oh, and I uh, also beat Joe at Pockin because I beat everyone at Pockin. Yes. <laughs> uh, where, where do I begin? Let's jump off the Dungeons and Dragons bandwagon here that uh i updated the feed so if it broke for any of you guys i apologize but i needed to update the feed to get it to appear in the right category of itunes which is games and hobbies and then other games where all the other dnd and board game stuff appears that's live and fixed as of this recording we're the number 30th most downloaded in the other game section coming for you the dungeons and dragon Knights podcast which is number one and uh, so that's been fun. We just wrapped up the fourth episode and the fifth episode will be taking. Well, if you're listening to this on Monday, March 28th, the next episode will be on March 29th at 7 p.m. Central Time on Twitch. And I would argue to say that the fourth episode, a lot of stuff happens and a lot of very hard decisions was, were made. And I think it was it was really good. So I can't wait for the fifth episode. I think the season, now that we're getting kind of to the halfway-ish point, is going to be about 10 to 12 episodes long. And we'll probably iron that out once we get to episode 7 or 8 of what the exact number is. So really, really enjoying doing that. That's We've been doing that every Tuesday night on Twitch. So thank you. I said I wouldn't talk about Pokemon, but I guess it's kind of more Dungeons & Dragons than Pokemon. Other than that, um, my week's been boring. I, a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of cleaning on my end, which not not much to talk about. I ended up selling a lot of things to Amazon, getting rid of a lot of old games, cleaning my office, which I redesigned here to accommodate twitching easier, doing the old streaming a little bit easier. I did a little pocket tournament, uh, and I'm saying pocket. I used to say poking. It's because depends on how. I think because you're saying pocket will. That I'm well, saying. shame on me. I don't, well, I don't know which one it is. I would assume that it's Pokin because it's Pokemon. Uh, I say Pokin because they're pocket monsters. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't argue with you there. So did you get a green screen? I did, yeah. I um, I went out on Amazon. There was uh, there's so many different types of green screens and stupid stuff like that. I ended up buying like an $18 green. I mean, it's just a giant cloth green cloth. 
I ended up buying one of those for it was like twenty bucks. And then I bought some stands for it. And I think the hardest part was just getting lighting. Cause once you put a giant screen up, all of a sudden you're blocking. Cause I have like over you you've been in my place. I have like track lighting above, five LED lights that aim. So uh once I put the green screen up, like the room just got significantly darker because where those lights were aiming is now blocked by the green screen. And it's not like you can aim it over because the green screen, at least mine, was it's set up to be about five, six feet tall. And so I, I ended up going to Home Depot later that night and bought bought some different kind of lighting. And I think if if you ended up watching I did I streamed po- Pokin Tournament on Thursday. And that was that was pretty much ninety percent set up of with the lighting I bought in the green screen. I think it looked all right. Oh yeah, no, you look great, a- absolutely, very clear. Oh, thank you. I'm still working to fix the voice issue, and um, I was actually talking with Micah, and he said just actually record yourself, and then fix it, and then go live. And I was like, oh, that makes sense, because before, like, like on my screen, because I'm looking at three different screens. I'm looking at the OBS screen, but it doesn't matter. I just got. I just got. I just got to fix that. So I don't know if I'll do more of that. I think I. Well, I do plan on streaming Pokemon every Thursday night, but I don't know. Like I kind of want to try to get a little bit better, better at it. And so I don't know if I want to stream me just like going through matches and getting better. And uh, you know what's? <laughs> so I have two questions for you. Um, what happened to you in your childhood that has made you hate money so much that you're constantly getting rid of it what do you mean by getting rid of money you're like oh i just i had to get a green screen and stands oh. and there's lights and i'm like the, the, there i can just see the money flying out of your hands you're just buying buying and buying all this stuff well uh, let's <laughs> so the i got the Elgato Game Capture HD 60 or whatever it's called. Oh, another expenditure. Uh, so that, I actually had a bunch of Best Buy gift cards that I had from Christmas that I just haven't spent. So I went to Best Buy, price matched it on Amazon, picked that up. Wait, Best Buy the sells capture cards? Well, the Elgato is just like a little box that you HDMI into and then you HDMI out of. And then there's a USB part of it that goes into the back of your computer and nice i think most of our listeners probably know that i am on a mac not a pc so i'm very limited in what i can actually get and i have no interest in building a pc or going down that route so i got the capture card i had an elgato probably two years ago the older version when i wanted to try to stream mario kart and i didn't like it so i bought this with the intent of well i have Pokemon tournament early because i got a review copy i want to stream a little bit of it. And then, you know, if the capture card doesn't work that well, whatever. It's just easy return at Best Buy. It ended up working way better than I thought. And so I decided to keep it. And then the green screen stuff, that was a little bit of the leftover Patreon money that I had for the month that I used for that. And I, and again, it wasn't that expensive. I think the, the stands to hold the green screen up were like 30. The, the green screen itself was 20. And then the lights that I got, I got three different lights and they were $10 a piece plus $10 for four bulbs. So really, I set everything up for under $100. But it, it does make you think, like, it's not very cheap to, like, $100, yeah, I guess, well, $200 if you count the kind of expensive to get into. Yeah, or or the the background template that you have, the <laughs> everything that you've already set up in Twitch and all the work that went into that. 
Now we're up to five hundred, six hundred dollars, and your years of podcasting <laughs> experience that have actually caused people to want to watch you on Twitch. Priceless, priceless. Yeah, it's it's different. It's definitely different being live and doing that kind of stuff. I mean, I like podcasting just because I feel more comfortable with it. Maybe because there's not a camera pointing at me, but I've also been podcasting for like six years, so. Besides, like, replacing a microphone or, like, editing software or doing stuff in post, it's kind of been the same. It just a couple of things change here or there. Now when you're going to, like, video with a green screen, that gets a little different. And like you said, I kind of already had, you know, half of the equation prior to doing that half. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to play with the community and stuff. But, yeah, that's kind of been, kind of been my week. It's been very, very busy. I haven't gotten really any other video game time in i have been playing clash royale which i think is really good i was a little hesitant so clash royale is an ios game from the people who make clash of clans and i was a little hesitant to download it or to play it because i was i know what clash of clans does to people i know that it's very microtransaction heavy but I forgot what I was doing. I'm, I was I was waiting for something to happen where I was in a situation where I only had my iPhone and I was like, I'm, I've gone through Twitter a million times. I've gone through Instagram. I'm all caught up. So I downloaded it and I really, really like it. I like it a lot. And it's a, some say it's like a tower defense game. I would say it's like a tower offense game where you're, you're, you have a, you have a deck of cards. So I don't, maybe this will wet your whistle. Will you have a no, deck of, you have not de- going to happen. You have a deck of cards, so your deck is eight cards, and you have these little units that they all cost something. So just like, I don't know, Hearth, well, it's, it's all real time. So you have a little uh, elixir gauge, and every second it fills up, and you can have max 10 of elixir, and then you can play a card for like two elixir, and it drains that, and then the little units spawn on the map, and they start marching towards the other person's tower, and your goal is to take out their, their three towers before the... Th- I think it's a two-minute timer. It's a two- or three-minute timer. And then if there's a tie, if you both tack out one tower, it adds another 60 seconds and doubles the elixir, so you can just speed up. And that's pretty much the game. It's real simple. Uh, there are microtransactions. There's a lot of things on timers. So when you win a match, you get a chest, and usually you have to wait four hours for that chest to open. When the chest opens, you get more cards, and you can level up your cards. And sometimes you can get a gold chest, which is an eight-hour chest, which I always do before I go to bed. It makes the most sense. But yeah, it's it's really cool. There's a Pokemon podcast clan, uh, just PKMN cast. There's like 25 people in the clan right now, and everyone's super nice, super friendly. Because you, it, it, when you're in a clan, you can trade cards. So like, hey, I need more giant cards because my deck focuses around giant. So you can ask the there's a little button to like ask which card you need, and then people can donate cards to you, and then the people who donate get like extra gold and stuff for just donating. So everyone benefits from card trading. Uh, which is really awesome. It's yeah. really fun. Not going to do it. But um, if anybody knows anything about the card game Ophidian 2350 or 2350, uh, hit me up. I want to learn about that game a little more before I spend $10 for a starter deck. Thanks. All right. Well, let's jump into some news here. First bit of news. We haven't talked about Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions in a while. I feel like I'm letting you... Letting, Letting everyone down. Are they still touring? They're still touring. They added 
another date here to their schedule. We have six dates of some upcoming stuff. So on June 14th, they're going to be at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, California. On July 10th, they're going to be at The Man in Philadelphia. On March 4th, March 4th, 2017, I want to point out. They're going to be at Salt Lake City, Utah at the Abraville Hall. I probably sure. Said, sure, that sounds like I slaughtered it. That's the that, So March 4th, 2017 for Salt Lake City. Powell Hall in St. Louis, Missouri. They're going to be there the 14th of May and the 15th of May. So one of these back-to-back concerts on Saturday, it's going to be at 7 p.m. On Sunday, it's going to be at 2 p.m. May 14th. Is that a regionals? No. Because St. Louis regionals is winter. Yeah. I'm not sure, sure what that is. So those are the five dates. I know the, uh, the Philadelphia one just got added last week or so at the Mann Center for Performing Arts. And most tickets, I don't know if you've ever been to Pokemon Symphonic, Symphonic Evolutions. I know Will and I both have been. But if you haven't, usually tickets range between $20 to $80. And if, if you're listening to this podcast, clearly you like Pokemon. It's, it's almost like a must-see. Like if it's near you, you should definitely take the three hours that evening and go and see it. Regardless of where you need to sit, it doesn't matter. Just going there is experience enough because it's music you don't need to have the world's best view there's a giant projector behind everyone you'll be able to see what's going on really really awesome experience and uh if you're listening to this podcast it's debatable whether you like pokemon (laughs) (laughs) all right so the big news of the week which will uh which will also be our our only news of the week is we had a first look at pokemon go niantic labs released some details upon the game now Prior to these details coming out, there was some video footage at South by Southwest showing, demoing the game on a TV, and there was a little speculation of maybe this is not real, maybe this is real, and and it kind of came down to matching the actual uh, official release here that that footage at South by Southwest was indeed real. I'm pulling this this article off of Bulba News because. I don't have my email open in front of me here, but yeah. And as someone who's been to South by Southwest before, uh, pretty much 90% of it is some guys in a room. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how it operates. I'm not joking. It's like, it's in the Austin convention center and a bunch of people go in a room and they talk about whatever the topic is. And then you go to the next room and you talk about the next topic. So some guys in a room is pretty accurate description. <laughs> Niantic lab and Pokemon.com today released the first looks. First looks at the features of the upcoming augmented reality game Pokemon Go. Features discussed include Pokemon catching, evolution, Poke stops, eggs, and gyms. Exploration is a core aspect of the game. It will allow players to locate and catch new Pokemon by using mobile location technology. The game will determine appropriate Pokemon for the players to encounter. For example, a player exploring near a body of water might be more likely to encounter water type Pokemon. The presence of a nearby Pokemon will cause the player's cell phone to vibrate, alerting them for a possible capture. Like the Safari Zone in core series games, players will have to use their Pokeballs to catch Pokemon before they run away. Catching multiple Pokemon of the same species may allow you to evolve one of them. That's a Mm -hmm. weird mechanic. In addition, visiting historic locations, monuments, public art installations, and museums 
allow players to discover pokey stops. This will allow players to find a variety of items, including Pokeballs and eggs of identified species. Much like the core series games, hatching those eggs will require players to walk a certain distance. Players will also be able to gain levels, allowing them to encounter and catch more powerful Pokemon to inquire and to inquire more powerful items at the Pokestops. For example, Great Balls might only be available past a certain level. Exploring real-world locations might also lead players to discovery of gyms. Once they join, once they join one of the in-game teams, they may leave up to one Pokemon at an empty gym or gyms owned by members of their team they encounter. These Pokemon will defend the gym against trainers from other teams who might attempt to gain control of the gym by challenging its Pokemon in battle. As previously announced, Pokemon Go will be entering an early user field test in Japan while the game is still in development, and features and designs may still change. All right, where do you want to dissect this? I mean, there's a there's a lot going on there. Um, I I think I'm gonna benefit from the Poke Stops because I can't like walk ten feet be- without passing by some sort of monument or other. <laughs> so everybody comes shopping at my house in the DC area. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll benefit a bit from the Poke Stops as well, just being near Milwaukee and them having the art museum and the Milwaukee Public Museum and the Children's Museum and the Discovery World and then all the monuments that go across the beach. I don't know how specific that's going to be, but I would assume at least the bigger places will have something of the sort. Yeah, and I guess if the I guess it's kind of like the um the stores in regular Pokemon, like the the higher your level you can get better stuff out of the stores as time goes on. So that will be interesting. I know that some people were concerned that the actual Pokeballs and being able to get better Pokeballs would be a microtransaction. But if they're saying that you get better Pokeballs by visiting the Pokestops and, you know, increasing your rank and everything like that, then then we don't have to worry about microtransactions that way. I, I would I would still imagine that you still could buy the Pokeballs if you didn't want. If you, if, yeah, if you didn't want to put it in the Yeah, effort. like if I'm in a situation where I see a, I don't know, a Mewtwo, and I only have Pokeballs and Great Balls, and I waste all those, I'm sure there will be an option for, like, a Master Ball. And I'm not saying that that's the scenario, because I think they said, like, Legendary Pokemon, you would need a group of people. I'm just saying that that was the first rare Pokemon I thought of. Yeah. The thing I want to focus on here is the gyms. It looks like... Uh, as battling goes, you leave a Pokemon at a gym to defend it, and everything is auto battle, which wouldn't surprise me because in Ingress, the first augmented reality game that Niantic made, the whole premise of that was holding down specific locations, whether that would be a monument or just a popular zone, and then it came down to, I th- was it just red and blue team or was it red, blue, and green team? I can't remember if they had three teams or two teams. Uh, there's only two teams, two in, teams in Ingress, yeah. Before you could even do anything in Ingress, you had to pick a team, whether that's red or blue. And then once you join that, then it shows you the area around you. So if you pick red and all of a sudden you're surrounded by a bunch of blue, it's like, well, unless there's another bunch of other red people around like with me that can help me, I can't take any over any of these areas over and that was the big thing in ingress is 
if something was held down by blue and you were red, you would need a bunch of red people to get together at the kind of around the same time to push on that blue to take it over. And if blue was aware of that or they were defending it well enough, it still wouldn't have mattered because you need to, you would need to outnumber them. So I don't know. So when, when they're explaining the gyms, like that just seems like the same exact thing Ingress did. They're just replacing, they're just giving it a name. They're just saying gyms. And instead of you leaving your mark there, you're just leaving a Pokemon there. So I can't imagine it's going to be much different than that. And it sounds like the, like, to me, it sounds like these Pokemon are going to be auto battling. And maybe there's some, there's some type advantages where maybe everyone left a water, everyone left water Pokemon. And then all of a sudden a group of yellow team came in with a bunch of electric Pokemon and they could take over that gym e- easier. It just sounds to me that the, like, this is still set up exactly like ingress was and this is all going to be auto battling very similar sounding yeah and i'm not saying auto battling is bad i mean i don't want to me i don't want a mobile game to annoy me every hour cool let me know if there's new pokemon in the area let me know if like i'm at a location where i get stuff i don't need to know 100 percent of every single thing going on so for this to be auto battling is almost kind of a relief of like this is not a main series Pokemon game. It's not advertised. I mean, it's advertised as like a almost like a supplement, like a something you can do between your main series Pokemon game. I think because they have like a like a worldview map, you can zoom out of your map at your location. So that's also going to help you if you are in the mood to hunt down Pokemon. It'll give you an idea of where to go. I think it's not just like. I think people were originally thinking like you like at any time you're walking down the street, driving your car or whatever, and then there's a random encounter and you've got to be able to react. I think there's going to be some functionality in there where you can look at the world map and decide, hey, I want to take a walk. And I guess that's where I'll go because it looks like there's some activity over there. Um, So you can have a little more control over your experience that way as well. Yeah. The catching the same Pokemon to level up. Or to make a Pokemon evolve, I think, is really weird. Yeah, but, I mean, in side games, there's always weird stuff about evolving Pokemon. And, I mean, right in Pokemon Rumble, you don't evolve Pokemon at all. You've got to catch every evolution separately. Uh, In Pokemon Shuffle, you don't evolve them at all. I mean, there's Mega Evolution, but, yeah. So, you know, it's not not, uh, canon. So, whatever. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, and so far we've only seen Generation 1 Pokemon in any screenshots or previews. Even at, uh, even at the video of South by Southwest, it was an Ivysaur. And yeah. they did use a Master Ball in the Ivysaur, which just confirmed that there are indeed Master Balls in the game. Uh, there's also in the video an Ultra Ball and I think a Great Ball. Yep. So they've got a, a range of balls to choose from. All the balls you need in Pokemon Go. And I'm still fairly confident that this game is only going to launch with generation one i'm very very confident that that's going to be the case yeah i think you're right um it looks like there's a crystals currency uh so there is something to support microtransactions i would yeah i would i would assume that if you need to buy like a pokeball in the game you use your money to buy the crystals and the crystals buy the pokeball i guess there was this big study recently that if you use your money to buy an in-game currency and use that in-game currency to buy other things, it makes it easier for people to spend more money because they're not thinking directly where their money is going. I mean, obviously, if you sit there and you like you plan it out and you, you think about it, you understand the system. But 
clearly putting an in-game currency to buy stuff in-game results in more money being spent. Yeah, because people don't think of it as money, right? It's it's crystals. It's not dollars. So <laughs> you can spend as many crystals as I want. Also, if you're if you're buy if if you were to spend real money to buy crystals, and there's also a different way to get crystals, it kind of blends that a bit to back up Will's point of like, well, I'm not spending money anymore. I'm spending crystals. That's a whole other topic for a whole other time. But I would assume that Pokemon Go. Is coming sooner than later since we're we're getting this footage now. It's in open, somewhat open beta in Japan, from my understanding, or about to be. Yeah. So if if they're pushing, if they're pushing beta, they're probably on their on the success path to getting it to launch. And and I would say for also on some of the feedback that I've heard from lots of people about, oh, after what I've seen, I'm not interested anymore. Blah blah. Pokemon Go is gonna suck. But just like I said, but. This is release one. It, it's it's a game that can evolve over time. They can make changes based on people's experiences, on what they're enjoying in the first release and what they're not enjoying in the first release. So don't give up on things just because the initial reveal is not 100% everything that you had <laughs> hoped and dreamed of. Uh, you okay? know what's funny is I also saw a lot of people going, oh, I'm no longer interested in Pokemon Go. And like what I've seen so far is exactly what I expected it to be. Like nothing has like everything I've seen. I go, yep, that's what I thought four or five months ago, or whenever this was announced. Like, this is exactly what I assumed it was going to be, just based off Ingress. Like, if people are disappointed, like we stressed on the show over and over that this will probably be very similar to Ingress. And if you're curious, you should go play Ingress because Ingress, like I've stated, is you either like Ingress or you don't. There's no. There's no one's casually playing Ingress. No one's logging in maybe once a week to play Ingress. You're either logging in every day or you're not. Well, I'm still 100% on Pokemon Go and I've never played Ingress. So I'm, I'm psyched. I'm ready for this game to get here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play it. But like, like I said, nothing, nothing to this point has surprised me. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I, I didn't have overly high expectations. I know a lot of people did. And I, and I tried to lower those expectations and i I, what was it i I compared it to like red steel when people were like oh i can't wait to play this online blah 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 i was like where are you getting these expectations from this is just a launch wii game that was really bad and didn't have anything (sighs) getting off tangent you're on the tangent you're not getting off it at all (laughs) i'm all about the tangent there you go. Well, that was really the 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 big thing that came out of last week. The other bit of news we have, which isn't really that much news, it's news for news, is next week, by the time we record, hopefully, or within an episode or two, we should have more news regarding Pokemon Sun and Moon. It is it has been brought to my attention that there will be some Pokemon Sun and Moon news on, I forget what the TV show is called. Some show it's like in Japan. Poke Chin or something like yeah. that. Like Pokemon House, I think, is what it translates as. Right. So I would assume not a lot of news. Usually those that Pokemon House or whatever that show is called is dedicated the first 25 minutes to whatever they do on a weekly or monthly basis. I can't remember how often they show. I would uh, My guess would be the last five minutes is where we would actually get the information it's not going to be 30 minutes because the show is 30 minutes long it's not going to be 30 minutes of sun and moon it's going to be probably five or so minutes of some content we'll get i don't know what that is 
if I was to shoot in the dark, my guess would be we would see the starter Pokemon. That would be my only guess. I you're you're probably right because they like to reveal those first and get everybody all hyped up for the new <laughs> magic. And and I'm hyped up. So. It's always a safe reveal because then you spend the next couple months like going back and forth of which one you want. And and the people like saying dumb things about the starters with no basis of information at all. Hmm. I noticed that that water starter is uh more fish like, so it's probably gonna be pure water and not water fighting. <laughs> and uh, like what? You know, some some speculation is awesome and spot on. Some is really reaching, but yeah. Well, don't let your dreams be dreams, as a famous <laughs> person famous once said. Person so famous <laughs> that the name has forgotten you. What we'll do is we will take our break, and when we come back, we're really, really excited for the uh, conversation we had with Josh. So hopefully, you guys enjoy that, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. From our break, with our very special guest today, we have Josh coming from us, also known on the internet as the J Wits, YouTube creator and Pokemon lover. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? Good. We're good. Uh, Will and I are here. Uh, J Wits is here. Josh is here. So first off, before we get into things, thank you for taking the time on this Easter Sunday to be on. Oh, no problem. Uh, just just so happens I have a little bit of time in the morning. Seems like it'll work well. And then I'll get back to hashing my togepies later. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you going for a shiny togepi? No. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, seems like a good idea. Uh, my wife, uh, she does all the shiny hunting streams. I know she just sent out a bunch of togepi and baneri over Wonder Trade yesterday. So that was uh, somewhat magical. I suppose both those Pokemon make sense for this weekend. Yeah, I was like, Hoppy Easter was one of them. Like, she nicknamed them all. I don't know. Uh, we, we have a lot of fun with stupid puns and opportunities to use them. Oh, that's like the joke I put on Twitter this morning. What do you get when you cross Celebi and Baneri? What do you get? Celery. Oh. Ah, 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 ah. So... Uh, oh, no. Ooh. I was going to say... I was going to say we need to break the ice, but I think Will already did that. <laughs> it's kind of funny how we we came to be. I emailed Josh around February because I asked on Twitter which guests would, would we like to have on, and there was an overwhelming response of getting Jaywitz on. Of course, uh, end of February was probably busy for, was busy for Josh, was busy for me, and... Uh, Oh, yeah. I lost that whole month. <laughs> I lost that entire month to various things. There was a Pokemon Regional. There was the Pokemon 20th stream that we did in San Francisco with Twitch. There was the Miyamoto interview that we had to do in, in uh, New York. I lost that month. I don't know where it went. <laughs> I feel like all those reasons you listed are very fair reasons. 
Oh, no, it was a good month. We just <laughs> lost it. Yeah. It's gone. Rest in peace. Uh, oddly enough, I followed up and uh, Josh and I started talking. And really later that night, because we both got Pokken early, we both got review copies. We ended up facing each other on Pokken, not once, but three times within an hour. Oh, yeah. On the, the launch night, like right before the game dropped. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was the first night uh, I really started Dreaming, I, I went out and got a capture card just for Pokin. Um, what before we we have a list of questions for you, Josh? But let's let's get your thoughts on Pokin because you beat me pretty hard three times. Uh, you were maining <laughs> you were maining Mewtwo that night, and I was actually just picking Pokemon that the viewers were requesting to see. Yeah, you know it's it's funny you say that because uh, not to not to bring you down an additional peg, but uh, it was actually a rough night for me on Pokin. And your matches were like a, a brief beacon of light for me um, <laughs> during during that early segment. I, a big problem with Pokémon and the review copies is I was in a really weird spot where um, I was able to play through as much as I could for the review. I probably logged in around uh, 20, 30 hours or so to get my review together. But a large majority of that was spent uh, sunk deep into the game's absolutely massive and not necessarily in a good way, but massive uh, single player, like all the leagues going through all the way up through Iron League. You have to play like over 100 total games just just to clear and unlock everything. So I only got a little bit of time to play online. A lot of the people that did have review copies and a lot of them didn't even necessarily make reviews, but they were preparing other forms of content. They only played online. So uh it took me a while to get used to playing real people, I guess. Um, and I was getting bodied pretty hard until finally the game released and all the new players came in. And then I, the tables had turned a little bit. So I, uh, I appreciate the couple of wins you were able to spare me uh, during this stream. Yeah, and don't, but, uh, don't worry it, too much. Uh, Steve is actually terrible at Pockin because I beat him literally the second time I played at all. <laughs> but to be fair... I do not uh, fancy myself a very strong Pokémon tournament player at all. Uh, and I normally pick up fighting games pretty easily. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of different types of games. The game this one feels the most like to me is similar to like the Soul Calibur format, where it's like a direction plus a button equals most of your inputs. The 3D format's sort of like Soul Calibur. But I'm just not good at this game. Yeah, there's a lot that happens where... It's just like, why did my counter not work? It worked like two two games ago, and like, why did their grab take over my grab? And oh, yeah. that must come down to the fine science of counting frames or knowing exactly. Yeah, the, the frame data is weird. Sometimes I like I have a grab and I know it's going to connect, but then they brought out their uh, support, which gives them just like a half second where the grab just clips through their character entirely, and it makes you feel awful. Um, while like their little Fennekin is uh, then roasting you, it's uh, it's interesting with Pokémon, and I kind of touched on this in my review. Like I don't think I'll ever be able to compete in it, just because I don't think I'm uh, I'm very good at it. But I love watching it, and it's fun seeing the competitive scene slowly ramp up. Had a small side event at final round nineteen. And um, obviously, it's going to have a lot of much bigger events at stuff like CEO and Evo and Pokemon Worlds. So I think it's going to be extremely hype to watch live. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really cool to see like expert players playing it versus like hack 
hacks like me <laughs> when I get really excited because I can like dominate people with chandelure, but I know that's not going to last too long. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to uh, I'm like watching online and uh, early in, I've seen a lot of players struggle with the long range characters uh, like chandelure and breaks and breaks and I don't know. Pokemon pronunciations are they don't matter. Oh, we're experts at slaughtering <laughs> Pokemon names here. Yeah, it's I, I talked about it in the video. I just feel like if somebody knows which Pokemon you're talking about, probably don't correct them unless it's like they're saying some unholy combination of the English language that you've never heard before and hurts your ears. You probably know what they're talking about. I am talking about slightly big Fennekin, not the biggest Fennekin, <laughs> but the, the slightly big form of it. Slightly big Fennekin is very difficult for newer players to deal with, especially like that. I think it's like the back A attack that just uh, creates a giant fire blast. Uh, players just eat that up. Or Chandler has some really nasty long range stuff, too. But I found uh, the game actually feels pretty well balanced. Uh, aside from some small issues, like I've seen this disgusting infinite that Shadow Mewtwo can do if you block one of its attacks. And it just times you out by just infinitely chipping out your damage all the way through for the entire clock. Um, that's like a gameplay balance issue, like or like a gameplay glitch. But um, in terms of the characters, I feel like they're all at least somewhat viable and they feel pretty vastly different from one another. And I really like that. Yeah, I was surprised how different they all felt. And a lot of people were complaining that Pikachu and Pikachu Libre were similar, but yeah, they they share a couple things, but they're they're definitely different too. Oh yeah, no, um, like Pikachu Libre has that whole mechanic around getting buffs on grabs that Pikachu definitely doesn't have. They both have a similar type of speed, but I guess they are both Pikachu. So <laughs> there's that. I'm I'm personally like infinitely heartbroken that how Lucha was not chosen to be a fighter in this game, and the second they announced Pikachu Libre. At uh, last year's Pokemon Worlds, I knew that ship had sailed. It was all over for me. Yeah. And then, uh, meanwhile, playing playing in like one of the training dojos, there's all the various Pokemon all around the place. I saw Halucha jumping on a trampoline, and I was like, "Oh man, they're just rubbing salt in the wound." <laughs> <laughs> the best is the Whirlipede on a treadmill. I'm sorry, that is oh, that, just insane. That's great. I've seen Electrode <laughs> on the treadmill as well, uh, rolling along. Um, there's all kinds of adorable stuff like that i think there's a one of the stages has like a literal pokemon breeder just like biking in a circle um throughout the match <laughs> something like that there's all kinds of little easter eggs that's one of my favorite speaking of easter good good day to talk about those the uh stages have so many different little things added to them it's one of my favorite parts of the game i i think the people who made pokin because obviously pokin was not made by game freak or the pokemon company but the namco bandai they really truly enjoyed and understood all the aspects of what makes Pokemon special. Uh, as you can see, not only in like the fighters, but definitely the backgrounds and surrounding areas. I do think it's crazy that they played their cards right away when it came to setting up official tournaments at Worlds and at Evo. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not going to drop names. I don't know who's allowed to say what, but I do know uh, a lot of people that work for Pokemon. And I do know uh, some people that are really invested in helping that scene grow, and they're really excited about it. So I'm uh, I'm excited to hear that they are so receptive, I guess, to 
their game having a competitive opportunity. Uh, I, I compare it to how Nintendo reacted initially when uh, games like Melee started getting some big uh, viewings on streams. There was the the big controversy when Melee was returning to Evo, where for like one day, Nintendo was like, hey, you can't stream our game. We're going to have to take Melee off the stream. We don't want people seeing that. There was a huge community backlash. Uh, it stopped. I, I don't even think it was for a full day that they had this up. <laughs> they... They, they definitely lowered their stance on that. But I just find it interesting. And obviously, time has changed a little bit, too. But two very different stances. Uh, one of them saying, like, oh, we don't want this game viewed competitively. We don't want these streams. Whereas Pokemon, like, day one after Evo was announced, they had, like, a page on Pokemon's website. I was like, hey, that's pretty sweet, actually. It's a good start. And uh, I think they've already shown some of the prize support that they have um, throughout some of their tournaments and it's pretty healthy compared to other fighters uh, like smash bros so i'm i'm excited to see it and see if it grows it's awesome that the pokemon company is embracing competitiveness with pokin and their twitch streams are very popular and very fun to watch to piggyback off that i was gonna ask er i'm assuming josh you're commentating at nationals and worlds again you know it's funny i'm uh never able to uh actually confirm or deny um events because i just genuinely don't know until i have been given one uh knowledge that i can commentate for an event and two uh permission to let people know (laughs) that i am doing one of these events um, and I always go through sort of this this silly thing with regionals. People ask me, hey, or, hey, are you going to commentate for the next regionals? And I'll just say something like, well, I can tell you that last year we did stream regionals in the St. Louis area. And last year I was on that stream. I don't know what they're doing this year, but I can tell you what we did last year. <laughs> That's all, all I can really say. I can tell you last year I did commentary for Pokemon Nationals and Worlds for the trading card game. I don't know what we're doing this year, but I can tell you I did it last year. Um, yeah, it's, it's all silly legal stuff, but I'm, I'm sure you've gotten some clues there. Do you want to touch on your, your thoughts of when you did stream and how, how that was and how that worked? Sure, yeah. Uh, streaming has changed a lot uh, for Pokemon just over the years. Uh, from the first year that we did it, it was an extreme... Well, actually, the first time that we did it, it was like Nationals... I want to say Nationals 2013. There wasn't even a stream, and we were just sort of testing to see if we could even do it with commentary and video. And Yeah, uh, yeah every... I remember I did 2012, and there was nothing, and then 2013, you guys did the commentary. That sounds and, right. Uh, yeah, but there wasn't any um, online stream until later. Yeah, uh, we did Worlds that year, I think. Uh, and it's just changed... And I think streaming in general has changed a lot. Platforms like Twitch are so huge now. So we've been streaming so long that I've actually started getting familiar with the crew that we've been working with. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, I know they're affiliated with like the ESL, uh, the guys that do all those really huge esports streams. And it's it's feeling more and more like TV. And that's pretty exciting. Um, Like the last regional that we did was the first time that we actually had separate streams for the TCG and the video game uh, running at the same time. It's uh, they're cramming more and more tech behind there. But it's it's been a lot of fun Uh, for the longest time. Ever since I started making YouTube videos, 
I've wanted to see live Pokemon tournaments, and now everybody can at a professional level. And I, I just think it's been a blast. Not to, not to jump around a bit, but your YouTube page was created on October 13th, 2009. So what are we at here? <laughs> seven seven years of, of YouTube videos? Is that right? Yeah I, yeah, I guess it would be the seventh year when we hit... Technically, I know the first video went up in November, so it wasn't long after that page was created. But yeah, my God, seven years. Um, <laughs> and that, I know, I know if definitely a few people in YouTube that uh, have been around longer than that. But it's funny because a lot of the big faces that I know in Pokemon now are a lot younger than that. I, I just saw, like, I think it was Shady Penguin just tweeted. He was like, three years on YouTube. And I was like, oh, my God, three years. I feel like so many of these people have been around forever, but I guess it's it's actually just me that's one of the the big geezers. Um, <laughs> I know like like Tamashi's been around since like YouTube existed. Uh, Marilyn's been around since like YouTube existed, like those two thousand six years. But yeah, it really has been a long journey, and definitely unlike uh, anything I could have ever imagined for it. So wh why did you start making YouTube videos? What was your inspiration or drew you to it? I was bored, man. <laughs> I was so <laughs> bored. It was my uh, freshman year in college, and different people take college different ways. Uh, I think it took me more time than I actually would have expected to come out of my shell. I felt like I was uh, the opposite of many people. I think a lot of people don't like high school, but find that when they enter college and find all these... Uh, new people and new ideals and big areas and ways to find like-minded people like yourself. They really thrive. But for some reason, I was the opposite. I felt like I really actually liked high school and liked the system that was there and my friends that were there. So college was a bit slower for me. It took me some time to actually meet new people. Ironically, a lot of the people that I do still talk to from college, I met through Pokemon trading card game uh, competitions. But... Um, I was bored and I saw that YouTube was really becoming this like household thing. You started seeing these big names. Um, it's, it's funny because a lot of them don't even produce at the same level that they did at the time. There were people like, I don't know, Bo Burnham and Equals 3 and Rhett and Link and I Justine. And I was watching these personalities and I was like, you know, I've always really liked messing with video and editing. Uh, let's make a show about something that I don't really see on the internet right now, the Pokemon trading card game. And while I highly, I don't know what a not recommend is, I de-recommend, unrecommend, not recommend uh, watching my early content um, only because it's so terrible, I do leave it up there because I think it's, it's a nice testament to the fact that you can make some pretty awful content and improve from there through constructive criticism and learning the craft a bit better. Yeah, and there's always yeah. going to be obsessive fans out there who will get angry if they can't see every bit of content that you've ever created. Oh, they can they can watch it. I just yeah. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm going back to watch it. It was yeah, different. It was a different time, man. I yeah. Poor Steve has to suffer through people who like listen to episodes one, two, and three of this podcast and then comment on it. <laughs> oh man, I would I would easily say the first. 30 to 40 episodes are pretty terrible and it was funny because somebody tweeted at me that they were like i said i try to remind everyone on saturday to catch up because new episodes come out on monday or my goal is to get them out on monday but 
I was like, hey, you know, catch up because there's going to be a new episode. And somebody was like, I'm trying. I'm only on episode 30. And I was like, what are you doing? That's five years ago. Stop that. Like <laughs> news. <laughs> no, you're watching the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also discussions about black and white Pokemon. <laughs> oh, that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, going through my old videos and I saw one of them where I was talking about like the announcement of the fifth generation. And I was like, oh, man, I made a video like this. Like, I, I very distinctly remember the announcement of X and Y, which is approaching three years now, which is kind of scary to think about how fast things are going. But I couldn't believe that I was talking about black and white. No, I, I remember distinctly remember the uh, video that was released for black and white, too, because they kind of did like an anime. Oh, that was awesome. That was, was so good. <laughs> that was the anime that everyone wants to be the anime. And they, they kind of did that. They they made an amazing little thing with the um, playthrough of uh, the Pokemon, I guess, like the red and green games. The um, why can't I think of the name of it? Uh, was Pokemon, it Pokemon Origins. Oregon. Origins. <laughs> I, I kept wanting to call it Pokemon Generations. And I was like, no, no, that's the thing that they're doing now. Yeah. Pokemon Origins was a lot of fun. Um, but I know what you're talking about that black, white, black two, white two intro anime trailer was like so, so wicked. So um, what did you go to college for? Was uh, it video production? You know, originally it was advertising um, and we slowly morphed that. It was within the same um, like the College of Media is what it was called at uh, U of I. We morphed that into uh, media and cinema studies. So it. It wasn't necessarily video to begin with, but we slowly got there. That's cool. So, it, you know, there's lots of uh, kids these days who want to start producing online media content and stuff like that. So we get a lot of questions about, you know, what can I do? How can I get into it? What's what's the starting point? What advice would you have for like, a, I don't want to say kids today. Let's say people today who <laughs> might want to start doing YouTube or Twitch streams. I mean, I, so like I'll, I'll start you off with one thing you don't have to say, which is don't do Minecraft because everybody's doing Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's funny. I mean, at the end of the day, I it depends on what you want to get out of video creation. But I would never go into it expecting to become huge. Certainly hope for it. I, I'm sure lots of people hope for it. But I think if you make that an expectation, it's easy to get frustrated especially in the early stages when you're slowly building up your channel. But uh, a fun fact, actually, speaking of Minecraft, I know um, the Diamond Minecart is one of the largest Minecraft tubers, now just YouTubers in general. And he started, like I did, making Pokemon trading card game content on a uh, completely different channel, like Pokemon Dan level 45 or something like that. Um, so I guess the lesson from there is the content that you make when you first start making videos uh, can always change into something else if you're more passionate about something else. Uh, even for me, I started making Pokemon trading card game videos, uh, talking about like dedicated strategy and uh, tournament reports and stuff. But I found myself most passionate about talking about video game lore. So we were able to change that. So I guess a big thing is don't think you have to lock your channel into one thing. You can always change what you're making. But uh in general, I guess, try and make content that you're passionate about versus trying to make the content that you think people are going to like the most. And obviously, the uh, the best is when you can capture both of those worlds. You know, it just so happens people really liked hearing about Pokemon lore, so that was a lot of fun. 
while it isn't necessary, I think a big thing is trying to find subjects that haven't been tackled before, or maybe haven't been tackled in a certain way. YouTube is so much different now than it was in like the uh, the 2010s, where it's really hard to find new stuff because a, a lot has been covered. So anytime you can share something unique, I think people really like to see it. Sure. Uh, sure. Just 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 the other day on YouTube, I saw something that I had never seen before in my life. It was a guy talking about a very in-depth tutorial on how to beat a Super Mario 64 level by like only holding down the A button once. And it's like a 25 minute tutorial explaining everything that he does in this tool assisted run, including things like taking Mario into what he calls uh, alternate universes or pushing Mario against a wall to build up speed for 12 hours. Um, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, this is why I love YouTube so much is someone's going to create the content that I didn't know I really wanted to watch. And it <laughs> turns out watching a guy talk for half an hour about how to beat a Super Mario 64 level in a very specific way, it just blew my mind. It was one of my favorite watches. Um, it, it went up like right at the beginning of the year. And that video almost has a million views. So I think... People are always looking for crazy cool content. They just they just didn't know they wanted it yet. Yeah, I always take that as the, the opposite. It's like, I can't believe somebody made a video about that. <laughs> I wouldn't even think to make a video about that. And yet there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's uh, I guess YouTube is just such a big, expansive world that you can always find a place to express yourself. Um, I, I know I'm like I'm like mega rambling on this. I just really people always ask me over and over again this kind of question. And I try and give them as much info as I can um, because it's I can't answer each and every email that I get. So hopefully people stumble across this podcast and they have one of their questions answered in one way or another. But I, yeah, think, so, I think no, I was going to say, so you see, so you, th you know, don't be afraid to evolve over time, you know, as your yeah. interests and passions change and uh, um, kind of just like, well, I don't know what the other half I would say, how I would describe what <laughs> you, you were know, saying. Um, a big thing is also, I think the scariest thing is criticism. Um, internet comments, especially YouTube, 100% YouTube, are just a, a whole nother animal entirely than really any other kind of feedback that you can get. Um, I would say, you know, if you are looking to improve, if you aren't fully satisfied with the content that you're making, um, very cautiously read the comments and try and not take them at face value, but maybe try and get the message out of the comments. Someone might say something really nasty and awful, but maybe deep down in there, there's like a small truth that can help you improve on your videos. But on the flip side of that, if you find yourself getting too frustrated with comments or it's ruining or impacting the way that you want to make your content, there are always ways to disable them. Um, there's plenty of large creators like Total Biscuit that don't run comments anymore, and he seems perfectly happy with the content that he's making. So I guess... Uh, Take comments with a grain of salt. YouTube is unfiltered and awful, so you're going to get some of the <laughs> grossest comments you've ever seen. But especially when you're starting, there might be some small nuggets of truth in there. Yeah, we get some some pretty ridiculously bad comments in uh, the iTunes feedback, so <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we're, no, that's, we're familiar that's with that area. <laughs> a shame. That's like your bread and butter, I know, for podcasts, right? Got to... Gotta get them five stars. The, we're we're in a 
good position where we have over 500 reviews so that's awesome if if one comes back negative it's well it's it's mostly like well at least you listen to us like and you took the time <laughs> yeah. to like provide feedback because a lot of times in podcasts especially like i go through a ton a ton of podcasts if i don't like a show i just move on like i don't take the time to leave a review <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of my like Reviews are a little bit different, but that's what I try and tell people for comment etiquette. Like, if you really didn't like something, you can save time in your life. Instead of writing that horrible thing you were going to write, what if you went and found something else that you did like? <laughs> Not just comments. I think that's just, like, life advice. Some people get so mad. Oh, I really hate that this guy likes that video game. I can't believe he likes that game. I'm going to say all the bad things about that game as I can to make them feel bad. And I, I don't understand that mentality because, you know, you could be playing like a good game instead that you like, right? <laughs> I just, I like it. It just seems like a better use of your time than to let people know that what they're playing is bad. But I don't know. <laughs> Internet culture has changed so much. But that's, that's my life advice to you. If you find yourself like, man, I really hate this thing and I want to let people know how much I hate it. Maybe. It could be healthier to indulge in something that you absolutely do love. Unless, uh, I guess the, the scary end game of that is maybe they do love telling people how much they hate things. <laughs> in, which, in which case, I, I can't stop you. I just can't say I understand you. Right. I was going oh, to ask, so you're at 1.4 million YouTube subscribers here. Is there a point in your, trying to do math here, seven years where like a hundred subscribers meant something or a thousand or 10,000 like were were there milestones that like when like when you hit a million you were like wow I hit like a million yeah um it's it's funny different youtubers uh like approach youtube and the numbers you get from youtube in different ways um and I've seen myself sort of go start in one place change completely and then sort of go back to the first place but uh when I started, I didn't really care that much about numbers. The big number I wanted to get was like 100 subscribers. I remember that was like a big thing I really wanted to get. I uh, tried as much as I could in like Pokemon trading card game forums to share my channel as much as I could because uh, I, I, I was just wanted people to watch the show and provide feedback. And I actually was able to get the 100 somewhat quickly, um, despite my, I guess, I was pretty unknown. Um, I wrote a lot of articles online, um, either through Six Prizes, which is still big now, or uh, there was an old forum called Poke Gym. I think it ex- it still exists, but I can only imagine uh, it's nowhere near how big it used to be. I've spent hours on both those sites. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, but I, I, I used to write all the time, tournament reports and stuff, and I, I wasn't even that good of a player when I first started. I won like the occasional small tournament, but it was funny because it sort of at the same time as making videos, I got better at the game. So that was helpful. But uh, it's all those big like ones followed by zeros. Those were always the big ones. Like when you get 100, you want to chase 1,000. Then you want to chase 10,000. Then you want to chase 100,000. And then ultimately a million. YouTube sort of makes it like a number that you want to chase as well. You get a little mini plaque now. For a hundred thousand and a really nice big plaque for one million, but once I hit a million, I stopped caring. 
some people they really want to push. Uh, I think they have some new, even bigger diamond play button or something for 10 million. Um, but once I hit 1 million, I was like, you know, this is as big as I ever could have dreamed. I remember when I was first watching YouTube, 1 million subscribers was like the biggest channel on YouTube, uh, which is crazy. Like that is how much it's changed. It used to be even smaller than that. But when I was first making videos, I think there was like one channel with 1 million and one channel with almost 2 million or something like that. So I was just just feel like that was the big number to round it out. Um, like you just said 1.4 million. I didn't even know that. I, I just know it's I know it's 1 billion something. Um, since then, I, I haven't really followed that. Or Some people follow view counts as well. Um, it's funny. I was just talking to my dad the other day. He knows my stats better than I do. That well, my parents, he's proud of you. They, right? Yeah, they're proud of me. They So they're following my numbers every day and reading my comments every day. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't I don't read comments really anymore at all. Like I mentioned, uh, once you feel that you've gotten all the feedback that you want, um, you can remove yourself from those situations if possible. But so that they'll like come up to me like, did you read that comment? And I'm, I keep telling like, no, I don't read the comments. No, I, I don't follow the numbers anymore. Um, they're like light analytics. You know, I'll follow like my month to month statistics just to see if something is helping or hurting the channel. But I don't know. Um, I, I started by like not really number crunching that much at all. Around the 100,000 subscriber level, I got really serious about analytics. I really wanted to push the channel and find ways to make it grow. But now I'm kind of satisfied. Um, I don't really feel like I need to make like massive pushes to the channel or try and do everything I can to cross promote it anywhere I can. Um, I've just been, I guess, blessed to sort of ride to a million and I, I kind of feel satisfied with them. So the way YouTube works is you get a dollar per subscriber per month, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the only metric that matters, no. right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like YouTube's interesting. I get it. People are incredibly interested in learning what people make when it's a career that's so vastly different from the norm. But I, I do get tired of people. They ask me like what I make like money wise. And I think to myself like, man, if I was talking with like my friends, I just don't have those conversations unless it's a real <laughs> like intimate friend. You know, I, I just don't normally be like, yes. Yeah, so what are you making? You know, what what's your year? <laughs> what's your year to year salary? I get that question so many times in public events. And I just, you know, I, I try and give a generic answer just because people want numbers and I don't like giving numbers. Well, one, because it's not what you think it is. No, it is not a dollar per <laughs> dollar, dollar per any of those. Per month. I, yes. I can tell you, we have a million subscribers. Uh, you can take all my YouTube views and all my views and earnings, even take all my ad earnings, combine all those together. And that number is not one million dollars. Um, <laughs> so make make of that what you will. It certainly is helpful. You know, I, I tell people I, I'm able to provide and we are renting a home and we can enjoy ourselves in day to day activities. But I, I don't consider myself to be, quote unquote, rich. You know, I'm not uh, not Donald Trump rich, but <laughs> com compared to uh, well, that's a actually a discussion for another time whether you think he has money or not. <laughs> but um, I was going to ask, 
that I, I would imagine that as a as a big YouTube star, people are like, "Well, how much do you make? How do you make? How much do you make?" Especially after PewDiePie came out with you know his article and that that whole thing went down. But I think oh, did he? I he, don't see. I'm, this is how like out of the game I am. I I I've seen a million articles of people guessing what people make. I see those all the time. Top ten earning YouTubers. Can yeah. you believe what Phil DeFranco is making? There's a there's a website called like Social Blade that a lot of people popularly cite. Social Blade says I make like between like five thousand and five hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> like some like some like vast estimate. I think it's become slightly more realistic since. But I, I guess I'll tell people I am somewhere within Social Blade's estimate last time I looked at it. Um, sorry, but what what did PewDiePie say? I actually don't even know. I can't I can't remember the number, but that made me think of like people trying to guess wrestlers pay salaries and you always see like oh i think john cena makes two million a year but the big show only makes anyways no yeah people are curious but i i think there's a level where it's like beyond curiosity and more just feels kind of invasive well i think Um, ultimately they want to know like people want to know if they could make like make making videos a career right but the actual Secret is you make videos because it's something you want to do for yourself and something you enjoy doing, and then hopefully a career comes out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, especially difficult. I get people all the time uh, saying like, hey, uh, it's either someone saying, hey, I want to do this for the rest of my life, or parents will come to me. They're like, my son wants to be a professional YouTuber, professional streamer. Do you have any advice? And I always say like, you can't go into it thinking that it's going to be your job. I've I've seen so many people become disappointed, even successful creators disappointed because they couldn't reach some kind of goal in their mind or to uh, self-sustain. Simply being able to self-sustain by making creative content by just, you know, like being able to pay rent and pay insurance and pay food and live day to day. Uh, that's a, a big privilege that I don't even think a lot of creators have. It's just the truth of it. And so a lot of us, you know, you look for other opportunities or advertising deals or whatever it is that you can to, to keep your passion alive. But it's uh, it, it has to be a passion almost always. Um, the second it becomes a business, I think it's uh, it, it's pretty frustrating, one, just because the numbers aren't what people think they are. And two, the second your passion becomes business, then you start to hate the thing that you loved <laughs> creating in the first place. It's a fine line, but I'm I'm at least happy to clear that up. Like, no, I'm I'm not rolling in it. Um, as I mentioned, I, I'm I'm renting a home right now. You know, I I drive a uh, Honda Civic that is older than 2005. You know, they're like, I that that's actually a personal choice. I just have never been a big car person and I don't like overspending on cars, but, but I do also understand like amidst the entire world. Sure. We're, uh, we're extremely fortunate. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said like you go into YouTube, not as a career, but more as a passion. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot of fun. (laughs) That should be where you start. It's like, what's fun. Yeah. I think you, you see that problem a lot with, with new youtubers or new twitch streamers and i think i think twitch is is like the new hotness the new like i want to be a twitch streamer like i want this to be my job and 
at least when I started this podcast, which was almost six years ago now, the first four years of the show, I never asked for a penny. I never had like a donate button. I never wanted, I like, I did the podcast week after week because I listened to so many podcasts that I was like, I want a podcast too. I want people to listen to my monotone voice and hopefully get some enjoyment out of that. And it wasn't until, <laughs> you know, four years in where we were like, hey, let's do a Kickstarter. And then the Kickstarter ended. It was like, well, people are, are now saying they missed the Kickstarter. So let's do a Patreon. And cool. That's awesome. Like, that's a little extra money that we can put back into the show every month. And that's awesome. And that took four years of, like, consistent content to do. And I think the issue now is, like, you see a Twitch stream that, like, hey, I just started streaming, like, six months ago. And I have a donate button. And I have a... I have a affiliate button and i have this and i have that and i have that and it's like are you are you doing this because you want to stream and you love to stream or are you doing this is because you're trying to make a career because i think people confuse the two together quite frequently yeah i've, I've seen uh twitch especially and that's a, a very interesting topic for me um i'm sure you guys will understand uh in a little while i've i've got all kinds of uh crazy things happening in my life but i'll 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 reiterate probably Definitely later in this month. So there's a, a fun little Easter egg for you guys watching that somehow follow me. Uh, you'll probably hear some big stuff from me somewhat regarding Twitch. And I mean, I've already been doing like cool stuff with Twitch. Like we at Twitch, we did the big Pokemon 20th stream uh, in San Francisco. And that was really crazy. I will say I will say that you looked exhausted at the end of that stream. OK, there's there's many reasons for that. Um <laughs> I, well, I felt one, bad. I was like, oh, you could just tell that he is ready to go. There, there were a lot of last minute changes to get that program to work. And I don't really want to go into the details, but I, I will say I was I was up until probably 1 a.m. the day before trying to like get everything together for the show. I'm glad that the show ran well. I, I thought it went great. So there was that. But then uh, my friends and I. Actually, I, I know you're friends with uh, Kyle Sukovich, uh, yeah, who now Kyle's... works for Pokemon. Uh, yep. Funny how that works. Um, <laughs> he was also part of that. We very unwisely decided to cube draft um, after we worked on it. Um, that's a like a type of Pokemon drafting where you create the cards that go into the draft so that you can try and make it a, a balanced way to draft. Normally, if you're drafting like unopened packs of Pokemon cards, it's a very unbalanced drafting game. So we made this giant drafting game we played, and we probably finished at like 4 a.m. That was our bad. The 1 a.m. <laughs> not my bad. The yeah, 4 I was actually I was gonna blame it on Kyle because the last time we had, or at least time I saw him, we ended up going to like IHOP at one o'clock in the morning, and I was like, that dude is always <laughs> up all night. You know, he's, a, he's he's part part machine. Um, <laughs> just just in the way that he functions. So I was very, very like, like, I feel like I'm painting Kyle like he's some stickler. He's not. He's just very uh, reserved in his emotions oftentimes. Oh, man, if you um, play him in the I mean, TCG, it is like playing a supercomputer. I, yeah. I, I don't think I've um, ever beaten Kyle and I've played him many times at many tournaments. But like I went into that knowing like. I'm playing one of the best. I know Kyle personally. He's a great guy. He's going to beat me. I'm going to have as much fun in this game and try to make Kyle laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you you can you can you can push him enough <laughs> to to where the robot laughs. 
the robot <laughs> learned how to love. No, um, Kyle, Kyle, he's got a lot more personality than a robot. Uh, he was actually my uh, my first opponent ever in the Pokemon trading card game. Um, so that was sort of where our long story started. I won, by the way, <laughs> in like the, the most garbage game of all time. And I was eating chicken nuggets during the entire game. We always talk about it. It's just It was just such a stupid way to meet somebody. I was so fresh and didn't know what I was doing, but somehow beat like who I didn't even realize is one of the best players lost every other game that day. I'm like, so I'm on like three levels of tangent now. Um, <laughs> we're going to, right, we're going to go backwards. We're going to go piece by piece and we're going to finish the moral to all the stories. Moral okay. one is Kyle's cube is, is, is incredibly addicting and had us up till 4am. It's a very fun way of playing Pokemon. Uh, going back another level, um, the other reason I was so tired is they had me scheduled for every single segment of that stream. All the other people got breaks, but for some reason they had me on everything. I actually only toward the end took one self-imposed break when they did Pokemon Rumble uh, for that eight-hour Pokemon 20th stream. So yes, I was tired. And finally going back, Twitch has changed, yes. A lot of people are trying to like do everything they can to to make dollars and i get it but i think there's a line where like you have people with like tickers for newest donation and biggest donation and biggest donation of the month and this here's a time bomb and it ticks for five minutes every time we get a new donation and if we get another donation the bomb will reset um or or the train or whatever you want to call it please please donate before the bomb explodes or whatever they decide to do if you decide to do that and you're comfortable with it, that's awesome. But I, I do think some people out there are just like, they're really trying to milk it for everything that it's worth because they can. And that's where I'm like, man, is that fun for you, though? Are you having fun? If you're having fun, then I can't stop you. But if you're not, you know, don't forget that video games doesn't always have to be a career. Uh, it can still be something that you love extremely deeply and are very involved with. And maybe it makes money on the side, but I just I can't stress enough to people like never expect it to carry you because it is despite it being such a big industry, um, it's a hard way to make a living. Yeah, I think that's everything. Did I did I go backwards all I th- the way? I, th- I, I think, think you, you got them all. <laughs> I think you got them all. <laughs> all right. Clear, cleared up all the all the loose threads, all the missing yeah. secrets. I do. Yeah, but- I do love Twitch a lot, though. What's amazing to me is, is since I'm an, an older gentleman, I, I still don't have a full grasp on how people can like watch these videos of other people playing games and stuff like that. When, when you could just play that. You know, yeah, that's a class. <laughs> was it? There was a, a big TV talk show host that like got in a lot of trouble. Uh, I don't want to throw out names because if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. And they all have like a J in their name, whether they're like John's or Jimmy's. I don't know which talk show host it was, so don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one it was, but one of them was like making fun of Let's Players. They were like, like, who wants to watch someone playing a video game? And I, I get it to an extent. It just depends. Sometimes it's maybe it's a game you never would have been able to buy. Uh, I know younger audiences make up a vast majority of Let's Play viewers. Because maybe they can't buy a game, but they want to see it watched. Some people have just naturally magnetic personalities, and people just really like to follow the personality no matter what they're doing. 
I personally, I find myself watching a lot more live streamed content versus Let's Play content, only because I, I like being able to see someone react uh, live to an audience versus sort of just like talking to a wall. And that, that goes double, not just for what I'm viewing, but for what I produce. I've tried doing Let's Playing a variety of different ways. I did a Pokemon Let's Play on my channel that people still bug me about because they want more Let's Plays. Um, <laughs> or I used to run a YouTube channel, Wits Gaming, that people still bug me about because uh, they want more Wits Gaming, even though there's a giant banner at the top of Wits Gaming now that tells you where you can watch Wits Gaming content. And that's in my Twitch channel. Because I, I personally have a hard time talking to a wall when producing content. But I think it's a lot easier to to like chill with real live people and bounce ideas off them. Or if something really crazy in game happens, you get to see everybody reacting with emotes. And I really enjoy that. <laughs> that is a cool experience. It's it's crazy how much bigger it is now than it was. Well, I just have a couple more questions. Let me get this out of the way before I forget. This is probably the most important question of the podcast. What is your favorite Pokemon? All right. Well, Steve, if you watch the ancient J-Wiz video, top 10 J-Wiz favorite Pokemon, <laughs> you would learn that Pokemon is Ditto. It is like, it's for not the cop-out reasons. Like the cop-out reason is, I like Ditto because it's all of them. It's not because <laughs> of that. Uh, it's a Pokemon that I just always really liked. Uh, I found it hilarious in the anime where you have Pokemon transforming but they still have Ditto's face. I just something about that I thought was so adorable. Um, it also transforms into a cannon in that episode for some reason, which is uh, awesome. Uh, the trading card Ditto was actually really good in the early days of Pokemon. Had a lot of versatility, versatility, because you could um, attach any energy to it and it became any type. So a double colorless was like two rainbow energy on a Ditto. And it did some really cool things there. And in general, I, I just think it's cute. Uh, once upon a time in fourth grade, I got my mom to make me a Ditto costume for Halloween. Uh, <laughs> that's that's out there. You can I think you can even still find it on that same video, the top 10 favorite Pokemon video. It's an older video, but I think it still holds up. That was made during the fifth generation, and I don't think any of the sixth generation have changed my top 10. I just no. like Ditto. How how come when you come out of the Pokeball, it's a Hopip in the your intro? Okay. Hopip is number two. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. Hopip's close behind. Um, the big thing from Hopip goes back to the trading card game video days. Um, completely by accident, I was sort of trying to shoot like a comedy bit before talking about the main uh, meat of the video. And the comedy bit was preparing for a tournament, and my joke was that I was not prepared for a tournament. And one of the things is like I was I was missing my Luxray level X, very expensive card. I had a, another card hidden behind a proxy card instead of owning the actual card. And I did not plan this at the time, but the card happened to be Hopip. I flip over the wrong card and I yelled at the top of my lungs like Hopip and became a sort of a mini meme uh, within the show was me <laughs> just yelling about Hopip. But on top of that, not even intentionally, before that video was ever made, Hopip was also just one of the lyrics, one of the words in my old theme song. Um, you'll bop to the top with all the Hopips. So I guess those two things combined, I realized, like, wow, I'm really talking about Hopip a lot. 
So that sort of became the mascot character. Um, so a lot of people pretty pretty understandably think that Hopip's my favorite. It's up there. I respect him quite a bit, but it was always ditto growing up. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say that, at least with me and a couple other people, that favorite Pokemon definitely change from time to time, especially when new generations get released. Or when like a Pokemon gets a Mega Evolution, you're just like, oh, yeah, I guess that Pokemon is really cool now because makes you like remember like oh yeah their beedrill does exist <laughs> yeah mega beedrill i know some people maybe think a little less fondly of kangaskhan um <laughs> since but it's it's literally the wrath of khan right now um in pokemon yeah i think we're like the one that stands out to me is mega low punny oh okay because i didn't like obviously Lopunny exists exists and it's there and it's to me it was just like uh, this is just a normal another normal type pokemon that was really cool that was really boring and then when it got a mega <laughs> i went back and i was like you know what it's actually a really cool pokemon and i, I guess i just i, I just brushed brushed it off because it was just one of those other normal pokemons that you find in the field early on in the game and you move past pretty quickly yeah that's that's pretty neat it changes I, but, how you look yeah i i, I have that feeling though with a lot of mega Pokemon, and I think if Sun and Moon has more megas, which I don't see why they wouldn't, but who knows with the Pokemon Company. Um, I told you they're changing that mechanic, but whatever. <laughs> Nobody listens to me. You know, yeah, we we, we know nothing, but I, I assume the next Pokemon podcast you guys do will probably be talking about whatever they do in early April. Yeah. I heard they're, um, something's happening soon. We don't know what, but something. I yeah, found, it's going it, to be on the TV show. They're going to yeah, do some video. I, I found it so interesting how they decided to unveil that game. I don't have like pitch perfect memory when it comes to like, oh, well, how was how was Diamond and Pearl revealed in 2006? You know, but I, I can't help but feel like Sun and Moon was revealed with like the least info. You had to like crawl through the five seconds of trailer to find like design sketches and stuff. Like, okay. <laughs> There's my Blastoise fire truck. That's kind of beautiful. And oh, okay, this building looks like this area. And oh, something's tropical here. Oh, and here's a wireframe bird that does it, like generated in a program that doesn't look like other birds that we've seen. Like you had to dig for that info. You you know the expression where you dangle a carrot in front of a horse's nose to get it to start walking. That was like the smallest carrot that's ever been dangled in front of me. Ever. Well, it's it's this amazing science of the less information they provide, the more people will talk about it. Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah, that's it's <laughs> it's funny. Like I've changed the type of content that I I make to to an extent. Uh, my real passion now is long form content and facts and lore, uh, and that's so that's sort of like what I make, and for the most part, uh, the type of content that I like making the most. I'm fortunate in that the channel's grown to the point where I I can make whatever I want without worrying about like views and algorithms and stuff. But that is the hot topic with all the other Pokemon YouTubers I've seen. It's like the massive speculation for Sun and Moon. It's everywhere. Uh, people trying to figure it out. People dissecting all of the many fake leaks that are out there. Oh, the fake leaks. Yeah, it's it was like there's fake leaks for everything now. <laughs> everything it's the the leak culture has evolved too it's mega evolved 
Uh, do you guys see, like, there was the fake NX controller that people were uh, swapping around on yep. the yeah. internet? Yep. Um, there was the classic Artsy Omni Rayman Smash reveal. It's getting pretty gross with, like, how real the leaks look. I trust nothing anymore uh, unless it comes, like, directly from the company. <laughs> Yeah. So in- including or not including what you know about Sun and Moon, what is like your, if you could have anything you want in that game, what would you hope for? I mean, my number one goal for like a Pokemon game is to someday have a Pokemon game where there's equal value to a variety of different ways to play. This is like high concept stuff. This is not anything I expect in Sun and Moon, but in general, I want a Pokemon game that feels like an MMORPG. Not not necessarily in that it has like the live connectivity, but I, I like the idea of like we're both playing the same game, but we have completely different professions. Maybe I don't like battling as much, but I really love, I don't know. Uh, hunting for shiny Pokemon is like a big one that I've started to see branch out. But what if I wanted to be like a Pokemon breeder like Brock or uh, a Pokemon professor or something? Uh, I would love to play a game where instead of just like side mini games, it's all—it almost feels like a full game to play Pokemon in the same way. Maybe someone really likes Pokemon contests, but instead of like a really small crappy mini game, they make like a a living Pokemon contests area within the same Pokemon game, and that generates exclusive items. And so maybe as a battler, I need to get something that's. Uh, an item that only Pokemon contest players get. And so it sort of forces you to trade and also like respect other trainers that are playing the game differently. I don't know. That's like my high concept dream is to have the games feel like how they look in the anime in terms of like you have a you have a job other than beat the elite four. Yeah, so, so multiple paths to victory and, and uh, multiple definitions yeah, of yeah, what victory c- could Civilization be. Civilization <laughs> five Pokemon, you can either create the first rocket ship to outer space or make the un or you know <laughs> however civilization yeah. works yeah and, and you're not um, alone in that thinking I've, I've heard that from a lot of people that they'd like to see a move away from the eight gyms and elite four meaning you've won the game and yeah. see alternate paths slightly smaller hopes just i think would be an awesome concept as i i would love to see like story exclusive boss pokemon in like the story of pokemon the single player campaigns for Pokemon are usually pretty by the book. If if you know halfway what you're doing, it's pretty easy to just plow through the entire game. Even leaning on like one Pokemon, you can ch- kind of just crush everybody. I would love to see what I like to call a uh, reverse horde battles, where they have some giant multiple thousand HP Pokemon, but you get to throw out your whole party of six at the same time. And so you get to horde battle them they're just like a massive, uh, extremely hard to defeat Pokemon. Maybe they, I don't know, they took the legendary, whatever the new Sun and Moon legendary is, but but it's enhanced by science or something. So it's like covered in machinery. And I think that would be really cool to battle with your whole team at the same time. An even smaller concept than that, I would love to see just a, a bigger post game than what we got in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. I would love to have alternate gyms or things to play with when my game's done or the just give me a battle frontier that would be really nice so a return to kalos you're saying hmm and all the gyms there hmm (laughs) and is that is that one of your 
Oh, is that your like big theory? Is we're gonna well, like, gold, I mean, gold and silver it? Yeah, I think a lot of people, since there were a lot of similarities in uh, X and Y to the original red, blue, green, that there's probably going to be a lot of similarities in this game to gold and silver with a well, return to that region. You know, it's funny. I, I've never heard that, but I I kind of like it. If you think about like the sun and the moon, those are kind of gold and silver um, mm-hmm. in itself. That said, I would I hope that it, it comes off as like its own original thing. I would hate to get gold and silver a third time <laughs> only because I, I already like heart gold soul silver so much as, as many people do but, but you know <laughs> x x and y had the throwbacks but it still you know was its own story um yeah. and yeah the other clue that gets me there is i think a lot of the town names in gold and silver were kind of like flowering trees and things like that am i am i completely wrong in that yeah I mean, yeah like like new bark town and stuff like that yeah, so, and then the clue for the new game was the the guy described it as flowers. So that also, mm-hmm. to me, makes me think of gold and silver. Makes me think, I, I didn't hear that. Someone gave a clue and the clue was just flowers? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I forget who I it was, like a very, the communication like a director. guy, something yeah. like that. See, I need, to, I need to dig into this deeper. I've I've changed so much. I used to, like, like with X and Y, I would report on every rumor or share all the stories but now it's kind of fun watching other people tackle it and i I, i'm staying less like spoiler digging than i have in a long time (laughs) i'll watch whatever video comes out early april though um but when i think of flowers in the area i think of like a hawaii-based region um something like that seems tropical i don't know (laughs) we have to we have to take what we can get with like rumors and speculations to Make the show something of an hour. Uh, Will, you got any more questions on your list? I mean, I got like 300 more questions on my list, but I'm not going to take all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I can hop back on another time then, um, if you guys ever need to yeah. discuss future Pokemon shenanigans. Yeah, I'm looking but, through. Uh, you pretty much answered everything I had. So, Well, awesome. I think that wraps up our segment, Will. And uh, Will and I will be back after the break to give you your Pokemon of the Week. But I want to thank Josh for being on. Oh, thanks for having me. It's and... It's been fun. I know you guys probably first approached me maybe even years ago. Um, and I, I'm glad we were at least finally able to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I, was, I, I usually tell our guests to pimp where they can, our listeners can find you. But I feel like... Everyone knows you. <laughs> hey guys, you could. Uh, we'll go reverse. You guys can watch the Pokemon cast. <laughs> They're already watching. It doesn't work that way. But you know, you can you can find my social media channels. Um, you know, YouTube and Twitch and Twitter. Uh, they're all the Jaywits. It's a long story. Jaywits was already taken on all those other platforms already. So we added the the in front of it. It's there. Um, the only platform where I am not the Jaywitz is Instagram, where Jaywitz was not taken already. <laughs> but I think that allowed someone who's a fake named the Jaywitz to like impersonate me. I have not gone out to police that enough. <laughs> I also don't <laughs> use Instagram, so don't even follow me there. <laughs> you can find like a... A picture of like a Shaquille O'Neal jersey or something that I took with an Instagram filter. Like that's like the first picture I think I put on Instagram and 
you can probably still see it because I don't even think I've filled up enough for a second page of Instagram. <laughs> so. Cool, cool. Well, thank you again, Josh, for being on. Hopefully we can have you on in the future, especially with uh, Sun and Moon coming. Maybe we can get your insight on that as well. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm, uh, I'm kind of happy I know nothing about the game. But on the other hand, I can't wait to hear a little bit more, perhaps next week. Perhaps next week. Cool. We will be back right after this break. Again, again, a big, big thank you to Josh for taking the time to be on. I know he is extremely busy with everything he does, but I said earlier in the year that I wanted to get more guests on, and so Josh was heavily requested, and so it was awesome that he took the time to be on. If, listeners, you're listening to this and there was another person, YouTube star, Twitch star, star star, that you want on, uh, let us know via twitter you can tweet at us at pokemon podcast and if you enjoyed josh being on tweet at him and tweet at us too his twitter is at dj wits so let us know just so we can have a better direction in the future of getting this organized and whatnot uh because it, it's not as easy as hey you want to be on sure well sometimes it says sometimes it's that easy but uh especially with like people with josh they're a little bit busy so you gotta pull some strings to make some stuff happen so your feedback via Twitter or email is much appreciated. With that being said, uh, we're going to use Josh's second favorite Pokemon, Hoppip, as our Pokemon of the week. And Hoppip, 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 uh, it evolves from Skip Loom starting at, it evolves into Skip Loom, sorry, evolving into Skip Loom starting at level 18. And then it evolves into Jumpluff, Jumpluff, starting at level 27. Yes. It is considered the Cottonweed Pokemon, number 170, 187 in the Pokedex. If you don't know what a Hoppip is, it is a round pink Pokemon with long green leaves growing on the top of its head. The leaves are on its head have raged edges, similar to a dandelion. It has big triangular ears with dark insides yellow beady eyes that lack pupils its arms and legs are stubby and it has a short tail with a rounded tip oh i didn't know i had a tail yeah it's got a cute little tail on there look at that the circular yellow pads on its uh it has circular yellow pads on the underside of each foot there is your hoppet yeah that's the first time i noticed it has a tail uh what do we got here hoppet not competitive. Sitting at 250 base stats. Highest well, it's be- like a baby Pokemon. It is. It's uh, sitting with a special defense of 55, which is its highest. Also, if you get a shiny Hoppip, instead of being that delightful pink Kirby color, it is a nice, rich green color. Not the ugly green that the other shinies have. It's a good green. <laughs> the ugly green shinies. Uh, it is a nice green. It's, it's pretty. A very, it's like a green apple green. It's like an unripe ho- hopip. <laughs> hopip is the lightest grass type 
and the lightest flying type Pokemon. Hoppip and its evolutions were given the English names, but were giving their English names by Nob Orgastrak. Some some name I can't pronounce. I don't know who hey. that is. Nob. He's a freelance translator, most famous for translating the main the text of every Pokemon game in the main series up to platinum. Oh, interesting. So well, the, I mean the 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 evolution names, hop, skip, jump. That used to be uh, what the Olympic sport triple jump was called. Whoa! You just blew my mind with that. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Hop, oh. skip, jump. What? That's really cool. Now I'm disturbed that you didn't know that. I didn't know. I, I mean, <laughs> let me be frank here. I have not spent that much time looking at Hopip or its evolution line. Mm, it had a, a decent TCG card. Uh, maybe not Hopip, but Jumpluff. Jumpluff did. Well, I know Jumpluff was very popular right before I got and then that rot- that got rotated out. As they do. As, as they do. I don't, uh, don't really have a moveset for you guys. Usually we, we round it up to Jumpluff or the highest evolution, but... Uh, wait, let me grab some goodies here. Uh, give it, um, well, you want the ability to be Infiltrator because, all right, so it has three opportunities for abilities, Chlorophyll, Leaf Guard, or Infiltrator, Infiltrator being the hidden ability. Um, problem with Chlorophyll and Leaf Guard is those only activate in harsh sunlight, but harsh sunlight also superpowers fire-type moves, so you're putting your little grass-type there at risk if you're (laughs) relying on something that also requires the harsh sunlight. Um, Infiltrator does not require harsh sunlight, and Infiltrator allows you to uh, make a successful attack past things like Reflect and Light Screen, which are protective moves, and also it allows you to make an attack past a Substitute, which is real nice because you're directly damaging the owner of the Substitute rather than having to destroy the Substitute and then attack the owner of the Substitute. So... That's delicious. Um, keep the infiltrator on there, and then for actual moves on your hopip, let's say we're doing an unevolved team. Uh, let's go for a flying type move. Um, you get that stab, bounce. Yeah, maybe bounce, so you can get one turn's worth of uh, invulnerability. Bullet seed is a multi-hit move, so that's uh, good to to play around with. Um, Leech Seed, always popular in the, uh, in the VGCs. I'm a big fan of Cotton Guard. That's just me. That's too defensive. Cotton Guard's so good. Um, Leech Seed is nice because when you have Leech Seeded an opponent, even if you swap yourself out, whoever you swap in receives the health benefits of Leech Seed. So that's always uh, a nice one. And then, I don't know, who's our, who's our biggest risk for a grass and flying type? Is there break? Fire rock ice. Uh, ice ice. Is. four times a week to ice. So what can we get to fight against the ices? Does Hopip have anything to fight? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, can it learn a egg move for the ices? No. Well, if you're up against an icy, you're just that's the end you can probably you, you, I, my suggestion not that I'm a competitive battler but U-turn might be a good 
so you can just get out of there. Yeah, throw in the towel when you when you got to. Uh, what is memento? Maybe that's the one to use. Yeah, use memento. Just kill yourself. <laughs> Perfect. Don't take my strategy of running away. Take Will's strategy of just accepting defeat. Accept defeat, but then cause them harm as you are defeated. <laughs> well, there you have it. We have a lot going on this week, so if you're listening to this on Monday, hopefully you enjoyed what hopefully you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed Josh being on. Tomorrow night, Tuesday, March twenty eighth, we will be streaming the fifth episode of Dungeons and Dragon Nights. On uh, on March 31st, we will be doing some Pokin tournament if you want to hang out starting at 8 p.m. Central Time. And then uh, in two weeks-ish, more like 11 to 12 days, we will be at the Midwest Gaming Classic in Brookfield, Wisconsin. And we will have a room there. We will have some Pokemon Pinball. We have uh, some Pokin tournament. We will have some Pokemon Snap pokemon stadium we have a whole bunch of stuff going on so if you are in the wisconsin area and you want to swing by i believe it is 60 dollars for the weekend or just 20 dollars on sunday 40 dollars on saturday saturday is your longer uh, more things to do day i would would argue saturdays are usually just better for conventions anyways because people on sunday are eager to go home because they've been there all weekend if you can hang out, if you have any questions about Midwest Gaming Classic, if you've been, if you've never been, if you are just curious, maybe you can go, but you want to know more info, just let me know on Twitter or through email. I will provide any and all content to you if you ask. Otherwise, I think that's our show. I don't know what else we have. Like, subscribe, share. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just just click down there for give us a follow. Yeah, hit that little subscribe button underneath your podcast. No, I'm uh so yeah we're we're trying to do a lot of things i want to thank all our patreon backers who make uh make our episodes possible help us with uh supporting the twitch supporting the podcast supporting the other podcasts we're doing we have some other stuff on the horizon that we're we're messing around with i'm working with will on a project of his um which leads me to do a little more work on my end but uh it's something i've been trying to get up and going for a while so there's a lot of things in the pipeline and I don't like to share them early in case they don't actually happen. But if they do happen, hopefully you guys like it. But but yeah, that's it. If you stay past the closing credits here, I will have uh, a little promo for s- some information we're gathering if you want to help out with that. Otherwise, Will is at Wash in the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at Pokemon Podcast. But this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are Super You Potatoes. made it past the credits i wanted to share two things with you guys first i want to give a shout out to my friend nick who has done the 
intro and outro music you've heard in these episodes. And actually, he did the break music as well. He's a very, very talented musician. And I thank him for the intro and the outro. The outro, of course, new this episode, the intro you've been hearing for a while now. And I love it. Uh, I think it's outstanding. And I think it represents a lot of the show itself all, all summed up into one. The other thing I wanted to mention now that you stayed past the credits is if you wanted to support the show without giving us money, you can always give us uh, money if you want to. We have cool rewards. If you do, patreon.com slash it's super effective. But if you want to support the show, we're working with a third party who tracks our stats and how well we do. They want to gather some information from our audience, from you guys, the listeners, to see how they can better help support us. So in order to do so, they need you to answer some questions in a survey, which takes about six minutes. Survey link is long and complicated, so I made it really easy for you guys. If you go to PokemonPodcast.com slash support or just PKMNCast.com slash support, either way will get you. It's also in the header on our homepage. It just says support. If you click on that, you'll actually see a button to start the survey. Survey takes about six to seven minutes. I took it myself just I know, not not to skew the stats, I just took it myself to see actually how long it would take and what questions it would ask you guys. I don't see any of the answers. I see a couple of the answers, like uh, how often do you listen and stuff like that. But it does ask you a couple other questions, like I think it might ask you your zip code and what race you are, if you're white, black, Hispanic. I don't see any of those answers. Again, it's just for the company we're working with to see uh, what our listener base is like, like to help us grow and so it's it's like i said it's free it takes like six minutes it would really help us out if you do that pokemonpodcast.com slash support or pkmncast.com slash support thank you so much in advance if you take the time to do that it means a lot and hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode i did a ton and it's a long episode we had jay wits on it was great so awesome thank you have a great night Bye bye.